Products of Grace podcast, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me I have two of my fellow elders, Don and Blake. Don, what are we doing today? So today, um, I want to highlight the companion piece of the podcast, which is the blog. Oh. So I think we need to highlight that for the audience, that there's a there's a method to the madness here. So mm-hmm. things that we talk about on the podcast, you can always trust at some point, Lawson's going to get a companion piece out I'm to it. Consistent. So today we have a challenge. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay. Blake, how long have you working on one of an, an addition to the <laughs> podcast? I mean, an addition to the blog. You were supposed to have one up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long it's been, really. Maybe a year. It's been. it's been a labor of love for me. For, <laughs> and he, uh, said, he said the other day, I hate it. For about it's a done, year. but I hate it. And I was like, why do you hate it? He was like, I hate when I read it. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> so it seems like he's going to have to start over. So Lawson's starting fresh. <laughs> Blake, it seems like you're going to start fresh. So the mm-hmm. race is I'll finish my who today. can get the podcast. I mean, excuse me. I don't know why I keep doing that. Keep who doing can, that. Who can get their blog post up? Um, before each other, so the race is on. I thought about like adding a prize. Mm. That might help me. Yeah, we'll have I have to think about what that I is. I do well with external gift card motivation. to Starbucks. Do you like Star- Starbucks? No, what? I'll be honest. The last time, I, and I had Starbucks the other day, but I had Starbucks right after I had uh, Coffee Central coffee, like literally right after, and it was night and day. Hmm. I don't like it. it Maybe we would just put Starbucks your face up on face. We'll put your picture up on Facebook and put like a ribbon next to it. That would make the me winner. Yeah, I would intentionally lose at that point. The winner. Stop <laughs> it. All right. So this week, what we're doing is we are going to discuss the next logical biblical topic, which would follow the ordinance of baptism, which would be the Lord's table. And we started thinking through this. Um, obviously, we said last week that the podcast is more so built to display loving, laughing, and living together within Christian communities, specifically here at Mercy Hill. And we were talking about how so often, you know, we think through why we are Baptist. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, you know, you were born into Baptist culture and you're Baptist by default. Mm. And you don't really understand the doctrines that make you Baptist. You were just birthed into a Baptist reality and came to know Christ. And, and sometimes we take for granted those things that we find ourselves that we're just blessed with God and blessed by God with, like parents and siblings. And so to like to capture the thought why we are Baptist. So last week we talked about baptism specifically and, and uh, why we are Baptist, and we used a Presbyterian. Thank you, Droopy. Yes, um, to come on and help us talk through our positions, not spending a whole lot of time trying to have a Presbyterian defend his position, but talking about, you know, why we are Baptist. So today, how are we Baptist when it comes to the Lord's table? So I was sitting in silence after the last podcast at Wing Guru. Have you had Wing Guru? Before? Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and for some so reason, good. like, the... This the, is the second time we've mentioned them. I'm going to start sending a bill to them for advertisement. So I'm sitting there, and it's like, I, I walk up to the If you want to sponsor us, Wing Guru, if you're out there. Yeah. Sponsor us. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> so I walk up to the counter, and... I don't know. The challenge of wings always gets me, and so I'm like, "Give me." Oh man, like, you made a bad decision. And I was like, "Give me the atomic ones." <laughs> and so I get to the table, and I hear what, like everybody else order because I, I always do that when I sit down. I'm like, "What'd you get? What'd you get?" And it's all like, "I got honey mustard wings." 
<laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm the only one that's like really getting atomic wings. By the way, uh, I witnessed the okra phenomenon, the picking of the breading. <laughs> and we have to, we have to, you know, say the source. Obviously, that's Christian Cross. He had also slammed you for uh, eating boneless wings. He said they were spineless. I don't care. And so, <laughs> do you get boneless ever. wings or you get oh, bone no. in? No, I get bone in. And I love places that give me, give me full wing, tip and all. Oh, wow. That's what Wing Guru does. Yeah, they give the whole thing. Yeah, because yeah. I, I like I, that. I have, I have literally no intention of working to eat my food. A boneless wing is just a chicken nugget with sauce Bro, on it. Bro, why? Yeah. So, like, everybody uses that as an insult. Chicken nuggets are good. Chicken, yeah, like, no. So there's a guy on, on the that. internet that's done a really funny bit, like, to the city council. <laughs> have you seen it? It's yes. worth seeing. I did see that. It was funny. Yeah. So I think that's my position to stop teaching we our children. We must raise our children better. <laughs> yes. It's true. All right. So as I was contemplating my dietary demise, Lawson asked me about the table. Like, so, hey, this uh, last month I did, uh, I administered the Lord's table and then I was uh, going to administer it again. Um, this, so the the next, so we, we do the Lord's table once a month, first Sunday of every month. So I did it the first Sunday in August. I was doing it the first Sunday in September. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going to do the same thing that I did the time before in August. And he's like, what? Like, why? Like, what? So you're not going to do anything new. And you got to think, like, this is Thursday at lunch. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's too, that's a lot of pressure to, to sure. come up with something totally new. So I was taken aback. But um, side note, speaking of tables, um, this is a call to action for our listening audience, and especially members of Mercy Hill. If Lawson invites you to eat or drink at his table, please don't get there early. And if you do, please wait on him. He has a pastor hospitality budget, and if you get there early, <laughs> he isn't able to be hospitable to you and buy yours because this is all about you. This has nothing to do with him. <laughs> there was a sweet... He said... He told, there was a family... Yeah, sweet man. A sweet man. He says... <laughs> You already bought yours? He's like, yeah. And he goes, you can't do this. This is about eating for me. <laughs> I think your conscience may be seared when it comes to pastor hospitality budget. No, it's not. It's not seared. I'm trying to buy Blake was telling me the other day, it's like, I always feel bad sometimes, like, in past lives spending church money, because you, you, sometimes you don't. And Lawson's like... <laughs> I have no idea where you're coming from. So anyways, moving on. So a couple of days later, Lawson's challenge to me over thinking through a different perspective at the table, still lingering with me. And it's really because like <laughs> I, the time needed to invest in working out a process or an outline that you can clearly articulate uh, to the congregation. And the last time I did this in August, Julie's like, my wife is like, are you still working on that? I was like, yes. <laughs> like, it was like a week under my belt. So the whole thing is like, I didn't feel like I had enough time. And so, um, I think that was Thursday when you said that. So I wake up Friday morning, it's still hanging with me. So I realized at that point, like, I, I believe I text you or I was about to text you and I was like, um, this involves Blake. So, I, I'm, I'm, te I'm about to text Lawson another rebuttal basically, stop speaking things into my mind and, bind, <laughs> and binding my conscience. And so I say, uh, so this is the text. So I put, so Blake, Lawson says to me yesterday, one of those things that echoes in your mind e even after a night's sleep. <laughs> and it's in regards to the Lord's Table Sunday. He asked me what I'm doing, and I say, walking through the same outline as, as August. 
He scoffs and says something about fresh perspective. I defend my why to him and was about to text him this, what I had just written, and then I thought to include us all. So here's my here was my text to Lawson. You're funny. Different perspective on table, and I agree. But the beauty of Luke's account is that it not only gives perspective, but it also allows us to enter in and participate. Neither Mark's or Matthew's account really lends itself in this manner. We, we will turn it over to Blake uh, in the month of October. Lawson, you'll do it in November, and I'll take it in December. I think that's the best way to continue to have fresh eyes and perspective is to rotate. And I say, we will have different bread, and the breaking of said bread will be demonstrated to the congregation. It won't be exactly like last time. So Blake takes me back and says, is this what it's like to know what's going to be on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So I text back and I was like, I have a great analogy, but the two of you may be too young to get this. So, I didn't read this text message, by the way. I know, because you I don't. I literally did not read any of this. I love you so much. So peeking behind the curtain at Showbiz Pizza? At what? No idea. This is hilarious. So is. Showbiz Pizza was a place like, like Chuck E. Cheese, but it had like animatronics. Oh, no. Like puppets with that were machines. Literal nightmares. And all of a sudden, the curtains would fling open, mm-hmm. and they would play a jam session, and it would be all this robotics. And right now, I'm like imitating a robot. A you did? I did. I remember. I got lost. Wow. Like I, that so, was my first so encounter with a police officer. Peeking behind the curtain would be, you would go <laughs> up there, and you would peek under the curtain, and they would all be you know, slumped over. Ugh. It was the creepiest no, thing. Sir. So that was peeking behind the curtain. So also, another analogy I have for you. Let's see if you get this one. I knew I was really old when I went. So I teach financial literacy at different high schools. And so I go into one, and I'm waiting at the school office, and the lady calls the B team to come get me. B team, over the announcement. B team, please come. You have a guest. And so the B team comes, and I was like, ah, oh, so fantastic to meet all the members of the B team. I wish I could meet all the members of the A team. <laughs> the A team, like the real A team. Right. Do y'all know this? Yeah. They had no clue what I was Maybe talking about. Maybe there was about. a movie that taught us this. But not the show. No, I didn't watch there, the show. Yeah, I know it from the, the movie remake. But Liam Neeson. Sorry. Like that was, that was so in, Lee, sad that was in Liam Neeson. It's just when like age differences do show up, and I'm like, I'm saddened. It hurts. Not for y'all, but for me. <laughs> so I wake up Saturday morning, I'm still wrestling, wrestling with wrestling. the... Yeah, wrestling. With the perspective and the outline for Sunday. And so, like a lightning bolt, it hits me and I conclude I'm going to go a different way and leverage what's uniquely different. And that's uh, to make it our focal point, which is the bread. As I'm writing, I think about Ephesians. It says, he abolishes the ordinances, but as Lawson has worked through with me together before, it's always abolishment by, and it's this question mark, and we always say fulfillment. So I keep meditating on the word fulfillment. I think of how Passover is filled full by Christ. And so I think, is that proper language? And so instead of calling Lawson, because I'm not going to give in to him and tell him that I'm working on a different <laughs> outline. So I called Blake. And I was like, hey, Seriously? Man. Yeah. So I called Blake Saturday morning. <laughs> and I was like, conversation. Yeah, we had a good conversation. So I say, Blake, here's what I'm thinking. Is this biblical language? Like, feel full? And so yeah. I lay it all out. And he's like, oh, most definitely. And I tell him everything I just said about the, the bread. And he says, that's so awesome because the guys that came over to my house, or specifically one, you were saying, like, I spent my, I spent my Friday night feeding and fellowshipping at my house. And, you like, that correlated with you. Like, you had an experience. I wanted you to talk about, is this ringing a bell with you? Yeah, like, so, like, we were talking about, we ended up talking about <laughs> Exodus 12 
on Friday night about the... Which, by the way, is one of the verses I had quoted yeah. to you over the phone. Yeah, you you yeah. had already mentioned that. And we ended up talking about the Passover and how um, some one of the, the guys had said, why would it say here that the Passover is to be celebrated forever? Mm. And me and you ended up having that conversation yeah. about how we celebrate that fulfillment right. forever. That's right. So that that's just an interesting reality that you just... Yeah, it's like what we were going to exemplify yeah. at church on Sunday had already been talked about within community. And so um, you and I are on the phone, and I'm like, you realize this is all <laughs> podcast material. Yeah. And he's like, definitely. <laughs> so even more so, so, you didn't even know this. You've been left out, Lawson. I'm good with it. This is the most prepared I've ever been for a podcast. I know. The, bapti- the baptism one was... You were prepared for that one? Yeah, well, it was the first one you told me what we are doing. Mm. <laughs> so, Lawson, you said before we were going to do this one about you were going to have so many people calling you over this topic Lord's table because the question is it's not just a memorial to you uh, I, I want to have and the I Lord's table have. and all of its significant truth and beauty like when we start going through this and we start sometimes I this say out. things like I'm going to have so many people talk to me about this and then I remember that we have 12 people who listen to this podcast right so, <laughs> so it's like you know not really <laughs> but you but you may have to answer because these are like out there I'm, I'm, for I'm, personal consumption whenever you're ready yeah, and this so, thing will grow so in like three years yeah when we have thousands of people like, listening excuse me whenever yeah. you decide to run for political office (laughs) yeah you have to give an answer (laughs) all right so we're going to discuss the lord's table so with that men let's bite off more than we can chew oh my goodness (laughs) hey i don't you gotta love it's better there was the bat the one he did for baptism let's dive in dive in (laughs) it was meh this one was better i'm 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 pleased with this one it's a quick story So I'm back, we're back in uh, the uh, study here at the church on Sunday. Mm. The challenge is, you know, you're back there, you're doing sermon review with Lawson, or whoever's preaching on Sunday, and so we're we're doing that, we're going through that exercise, and we're trying to, I'm personally trying to hold all of the Lord's Supper outline together on the tip of my tongue, because an outline can only do so much, you really need to remember your own personal commentary. And so before we walk in there, we're filling up the baptistry, and there's, like, stuff floating in it. Oh, no. So Lawson Lawson and I and Blake are standing around the baptistry, and I go, She's gonna I go, dude, you. there's so much trash in there. <laughs> and, and Lawson says, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, I told Beth to get the skimmer. And, and the, it's implied skimmer net, like that, but, but he doesn't say net he just says the skimmer so we're in the pastor's office pre-gaming the sermon when suddenly the door opens and an arm a lady's arm arm. pokes through and in the hand of this arm is a plastic sack (laughs) inside the plastic sack tied is is the blue pool skimmer (laughs) And it's the basket, y'all. <laughs> it's like the thing that catches the bugs that's, that's inside the side of the pool. And so, I mean, I'm blown away. Like, we could not we could not enjoy that moment as it needed to be enjoyed. And so, 
we tell her get out. <laughs> Take there's she goes Lawson. What are we supposed to use this for? And I don't even know if we ever explained it. We were just like, this is not. Could you imagine? Had we walked out and been paling out water? <laughs> in the skimmer basket but there really is a thing on the internet because i look there is a thing called a skimmer net i know that's what i meant so i, was, I think together said net. but what's so fault. interesting is like <laughs> just the blind trust mm. so i text out after sunday service to both of you and i'm like i have a new game the new game is what can you convince your wife to bring to you <laughs> from home Without asking a question, <laughs> and the strangest wins. And the first thing I thought of, like the most out of bounds, like way out in left field thing that I could think of to ask Julie to bring them to bring with her to church is the is the gas cap mower, <laughs> <laughs> the gas cap to the mower. So before we leave the pastor's uh, office on sermon prep, I ask you guys. I was like, hey, now that we're done with with Nahum. You didn't care at all what I was talking about. I didn't. didn't. I don't even remember what it was. I was like, I have two things to clear, and they're both two things I want to say to explain the Lord's table. And so I went over with y'all the thief analogy about how to bar the table. Mm -hmm. And then I had a quote. And so I need to get this out here on the record that I'm the source of Lawson's future plagiarism. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of quotes, I have two. This is going to start us off. I don't know. So normally I have like a professional quote. Yeah. So I have two quotes. So my first quote to get us started is, cast shadows always meet at the feet of their source. Mm. That's by me, y'all. <laughs> it's an original. You should yeah. see the joy on his face. I know. <laughs> like, so the second one is by David Mathis. And it, he says, the Lord's Supper is an extraordinary meal. To be sure, it is simply an ordinary means of God's grace to his church. Mm. But as eating and drinking go, it can be unusually powerful experience. Along with baptism, the supper is one of Jesus' two specially instituted sacraments for the signifying, sealing, and strengthening of his new covenant people. Call them ordinances if you please. The true issue is not the term, but what we mean by it. Mm -hmm. And whether we handle these twin means of God's grace as Jesus means to guide and shape the life of the church and her new covenant with the bridegroom. Sacrament or an ordinance? What must we mean? Lawson? I'm good with either as long as we define them clearly. Okay. <laughs> so Cliffhanger. What, so sacrament obviously is loaded from Catholicism, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that we are clearly saying that it is not a means of salvific justifying grace, but is instead a means by which God graces his church. So, like, baptism is a means of grace in the sense that it is a means of um, of enjoying the grace of God given at justification in a visual way, and it's a means of grace to the church to see that they that they that God is still saving, that people are coming from death to life. When we partake of the table, it shows the grace of God in providing unity, the blood of Christ, the the breaking of His body for us. Hmm. But it's not it. it should, should you not partake of those things, um, 
it does not nullify the justifying grace of God. I think you are impoverished for not enjoying those things, but nonetheless, the justifying grace of God stands. Hmm. So the definition that always comes to my mind, I'm okay using sacrament because I think where I'm coming from is it's an ordinary means which displays extraordinary truth. Sure. And so that's where, you know, I think think so often, like, you, you know, I totally agree. We have to de- define terms biblically, and then whatever that word is, we're, we're carrying it forward, and it, it's exemplifying trade. Blake, anything to add? I mean, I lean toward ordinance, but... That's because you're the best Baptist in the room. That's <laughs> true. Committed. All the time. So, uh, given the pandemic of 2020, I've been seeing it like make its rounds on social media. It's like, we're going to have the Lord's Table today, no. being church online... Like, oh, this is really problematic. Like Kool-Aid and Twinkies and like all sorts of things. So can Grape can soda. you just use whatever you want? Like uh, uh, Okay, so you, you're going a different direction than I thought you were. Um, so I say no, but there are many in a uh, in a more uh, in a different circle that would demand that we use wine itself that that nothing else will do. You cannot use like fruit of the vine is not what we're dealing with. It has to mm-hmm. be wine. Um, to which I, I disagree, but their argument is if you're going to replace that, you can replace it with anything. Mm. I mean, I think that's a, f- a fair, you know, counter argument. It, it is a fair counter argument. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think Blake, you picked up on like when we were talking about over the phone Saturday, Exodus 12, it's, it's a memorial forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he fills it full. So I, I mean, I think biblically you lay out a, pretty strong argument to say it's unleavened bread. Yeah, no doubt. And fruit of the vine. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what direction were you going to go that you thought I was going to I thought you were going to talk about can you take the Taking Lord's it at table home. at home away from the body. So I'm going to get there. I think you're I have I have something for that. Um, so how often, like obviously the New Testament has been said to be uh, um, frighteningly free. Like, meaning, it, it, when we take the Lord's table, is there uh, a day, a month that we're looking for? Is this an uh, annual thing, bi-weekly, semi-monthly? Like quarterly. Quarterly. Yeah. How, how often? So, you know, what's interesting is when we, when we first started talking about how frequently we were going to do the Lord's table, I had multiple people walk up to me and say, hey, we're, we're afraid the more frequently we do this, the more likely it is that it loses its meaning. Mm. Um, and I don't know about y'all, but I've seen quite the opposite. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen... Now, I've never been in a church that we do it weekly, but I think monthly is bare minimum for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It, it does something. There's something unique about it that it only grows your reverence for it the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you were saying to me, Lawson, like, take a fresh perspective. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's so many elements that you can focus in on, right? Which I, I think is a definite fair challenge. Yeah. And that's what you did to me. You challenged me. I'm just wet. Like, it's... Everything's weaponized. No, it's not. <laughs> so it's like you have the table, right? Yeah. Which which you could take a perspective on the table. We've we've well, you can take a perspective on the cup. You can take a perspective on what fills the cup, who fills the cup, blessing the cup. Mm. You can take a perspective on the bread. 
the breaking of the bread. Uh, I mean, it, it's, I wouldn't say it, it's endless in a, in a sense. So I was thinking through the spotless lamb, like the unblemished, and how often we find ourselves in a bloodless society. Mm, yeah. It's like, it's really sterile when you think about like how far removed we yeah. are from the sources of what has to be destroyed for us to actually mm-hmm. feed ourselves or eat. And even like, so I garden at home. So even thinking about like the toil and the sweat to even bring forth vegetables from the earth, like it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it can be suffering. So Julie and I decided uh, last week to put our family dog down. Hmm. Hmm. And so even that was like an arm's length drive in. Like uh, it was literally a drive-in, wasn't it? It literally was. So the lady over the phone was like, "We can do this a couple different ways. Like you can come in, we can do this with this and this." And I was like, "Mm-mm, I don't have, I don't have the emotional capital <laughs> to be in that room and do that." Mm. And then she, then she says, "Well, in disposing of of the carcass, I mean, that's what it is." Golly! Wow. What do you want to do? We can do it one of three ways. And I was thinking, like, yeah, I'll probably come back and get him, and I'll bury him at the house. And then Julie's like, mm-mm. Like, that's not going to be below the crust of the earth. <laughs> in my area. Yeah, in my area. <laughs> that's weird. So he had a bunch of health problems, yeah. like deaf, blind, sores. Cocker Spaniel, he's 11. Um, but even then, like, thinking about even how it was arm's length, drive up, call the number, they come out, get him, you sign a form, he goes back, and that's it. Mm. I still sympathized with him, yeah. right? It was like thinking about, and I, I was thinking about the spotless lamb, how like thinking about like the, even the word lamb is lost on us, right? Because mm. we don't realize like that's under a year old. Like that's that's an infant of a sheep. Like it's still like that cute little stage and of life. And it's like, it's unblemished to think about you know, think about like there were no blemishes. There were no, there was nothing in which, and so even with like my own dog, bad or good analogy, it's like all his problems, I still sympathize. But thinking about like, you know, we may lose that significance mm. because we've never experienced it, but the word of God displays that as a reality in which we can come to behold. Yeah. And so thinking about the the God's grace revealing that, at the table, like that truth, you know, we had, we, during the pandemic, we were thinking about, you know, speaking of sterile and, and like the revealing of God's truth at the ordinance of, of the table. We were, we were thinking about ordering all in ones. Did they ever come Lawson? Yeah, they did. I sold, they them. Did. I sold them to a different church. You sold them? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get, I didn't get, I didn't get reimbursed for them. So I was like, well, so somebody. is like outside, out of <laughs> trunk. No. Hustling. No. He's I, at the park. Facebook Marketplace. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> a guy called me and said, hey, what are y'all doing? And I said, well, we ordered a bunch of all-in-ones to, to use, but I hated that idea. And, um. But you can do it. <laughs> he, he he said he said I need them, and I said got to well, have got, them. Well, I've got five hundred, and, and if so, the price is right, yeah, I, I charged him the exact price that Amazon. Did you sell did. them out of your trunk? <laughs> Literally, no joke. Saturday morning before new members class, uh, y'all met up. No, I did dropped you wear it. Your I, dropped coat? it I dropped it on his front porch. Just nice. dropped it on his front porch and walked away. Hmm. Hmm. Good times. 
So I told somebody like, I'm not taking anything off anybody. If you're using, if you're out there using all in ones, you do you. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about like being at a sports game and they shoot those t-shirts out. <laughs> like, like that's what it makes me think of. Like it's just, it's just so like prepackaged. It's like, yeah. It drives me crazy. So we should have got a cannon really yeah. if we were going to do it. Yeah. And be like, well, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, this dates back to Lawson and I at Starbucks. I don't know when the date was. I didn't go back. I but I remember well. where we were and talking about partnering and, and like where we wanted to see a congregation move towards was less, definitely that's not the direction. This was probably back in probably 2017 you and i 2018 maybe by the way today is our three-year anniversary oh celebrate literally mm. this day so i remember sitting at starbucks and i was hashing this out with you it was like so often i feel like this the tables i've set through were like the same thing over and over and over mm. And, and let's get through this. Yeah, and let's hurry up and get through this because it's, it's in the way mm-hmm. and not like a real focal point. Mm-hmm. And you and I even talked about like the significance of the cup and not ever seeing the cup. And then we talked about the bread. So this past Sunday, we had a different bread. Mm-hmm. Did y'all think like, was that what you thought it would be? Yeah, I think so. I think I think we did a disservice to ourselves having those little baby cracker things that get stuck in your teeth because yeah. it was like i don't I, I felt like i never fully consumed mm-hmm. and it was like it, it didn't feel like a good picture mm-hmm. lawson what about you yeah i vastly preferred it plus it means that we can take uh a large amount of capital away from big eva yeah well i don't know a large I think they're like <laughs> a very nine, small amount from somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. from some tic-tac bread <laughs> factory <laughs> Um, so I, I had had a conversation. I'm curious for y'all. Have you ever sat across from someone and like talked about the full display of the table that you find in scripture and then not, not necessarily seeing that that's what you're participating in? I remember going, uh, to the church that I had attended in the past and was telling him, it's like, it always felt like we were navel gazing or it was like totally introspection. It was like, you know, we're like, I'm the protagonist of it. And I'm, I'm searching for all these remote sins that I don't Mm -hmm. even know exist within my own psyche. And I'm, I'm searching and looking for those. And then to me, it was always about, I I remember saying this, like, it feels like I'm, I'm walking backwards Mm. when, when I think there's a 360 view, you know, point view and yeah. one in which, you know, at some point you cast your eyes from the cross and you cast them forward to the wedding supper. So I was curious, like, so we arrived at, at what we shared in on Sunday, which to me is a uniquely different probably experience and display that I had had in the past. So I was just curious for both of y'all's perspective. Has there ever been a moment in time where that, like that moment eclipsed you? Like you, you, you kind of cried out in frustration about this is what I would like to see. And it wasn't happening. Yeah, I mean, that was the table of my, like, my whole life, I think, mm-hmm. was, like, I'm going to look into my heart deeply and see if I see any sins and make sure I repent of those. Mm-hmm. And I think, for me, it was just, like, the table is about so much more that I, I had missed for all of those years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I hard agree. I mean, I think that, so I think introspection is a part of the table, 
right? So I don't want to I don't want to take that away. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where the table has been a means of revealing sin to me mm-hmm. in yeah. a way that I genuinely think nothing else could. Mm-hmm. But it has to be done. That introspection has to be done in light of the elements that you're partaking of, right? Like mm-hmm. I can identify sin and repent of it while I'm sitting there and holding in the blood of the new covenant, right? Mm-hmm. I can drink that and know that this is the remission of sin. And so understanding that, uh, and, and uh, yeah, so going back to your original question, I guess like the the introspection aspect was always something, but I'll be honest with you. I feel like the vast majority of tables that I have participated in, there was no real substance laid forth, period. Mm-hmm. It was it was your, it was what you were saying. It's let's get through this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we've just got a little bit, we have to add another 10 minutes to the service. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, and I, I was guilty of this, like I thought, uh, when you walked through the table the first time, just full disclosure, I was like, oof, maybe running a little long here. And I mean, just sincerely. No, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and that, that, a lot of that's cultural appropriation. Like Certainly. I, I yeah. thought it's your bias. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, and about halfway through it, I was like, bro, you don't, you don't have 10 minutes to give to the understanding of the table. Right. Sit here and enjoy this. Right. And, uh, and so, like I knew it was good, right. but at the same time, it's like I've got some friction here, and I realized that my friction was sinful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've we've had closed open table. I wouldn't call them debates. Well, you, can have, you can have an agreeable and loving debate. Yeah, well, a lot of times people think debate. That's just a nice word for argument. Yeah, that's not the case. So we have debated. So I wanted to lay that out just for our listening audience to hear. And and I, and I have a point that I, like I was convinced, and I'll I'll share that. I'll give Lawson his due. Um, so the the position is um, at, at the end of uh, on that day that he will say to many, "Depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity." And so there's there is this real reality in which there are people who uh, claim something that they're not, mm. and eat and drink judgment on themselves at the table. So for me, you know, obviously we practice an open door policy here. There is no secret word. We want people to be here. We want them to come. Uh, the table is not an is not an open table in the sense like it's only for believers. That's that's a position of Christendom. It is a table that is only for believers. That's right. Okay. Um did I did I mince words? It sounded like you were saying it's not a table only for believers, but maybe I misunderstood. Okay, so no, no, no. Just, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So if I miss words, um, but we practice an open table in the sense that if you're a believer, a Christian believer, and we won't we won't get into defining that, but we do that on Sundays. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That you're welcome here, even if you're not a member of Mercy Hill, if you're a member of a Christian church, that you're welcome to the table. Yeah. So Lawson, you had you you've toyed around with the idea, I don't even know if you, you may still always be toying with it. I think it might be a perpetual toy. Describe for us, like what you, you have contended or thought maybe that a closed table would be best served for the ministry here. Tell us why. So before I say that, I think it's important to note that our elders are all different human beings and have differing opinions on different stuff. But I think one of the one of the best things about our the way that we function as elders is that we submit to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind I actually live here. Like this is this is where I stand on this. Like if I were to be left to my own devices, this is where I'd land. Um, 
which I, I think I think a closed table is a good thing. Uh, a closed table meaning that um, for those who would come and be a part of the worship service here that are not members of this church, that the table would be closed in the sense that um, that unless you were a member here, that you don't partake of the table with us. Um, now, I see the flaws in that too. The flaws obviously are that there are people who will dine at the Lord's table in a future sense, in a very real sense. Mm -hmm. And so why would I bar them from the shadow of what's to come? Um, And I certainly don't ever want to bar believers from the table. But at the same time, it it is a fearful thing for me because I bar baptism, Mm -hmm. right? Like I bar baptism and and all the elders are in agreement with that. And so it's just, it's something that I think about regularly. Honestly, with the desire to love the people who come here, and prevent them should they just walk in the door one day from eating and drinking judgment on themselves. Mm. So Blake and I, we share this in common. His wife is a nurse and my wife is a nurse. And so we're both not germaphobes, but we're germ, <coughs> we're germ aware systematically yeah, we're yeah, like where they, the where germs. they live and how you can get them on you. Indeed. So we're talking through like be, be, <laughs> being, being, being pandemic sensitive to, to the audience was we were talking about, well, how could we, how could we pass out the elements, you know, trying to not do the tray, you know, how, maybe, maybe we could, and we did, we did laughingly talk about wear gloves, you know, which totally. Y'all said, you say laughably, y'all meant it. Once you condemned us, we laughed all, we laughed at Yeah, all. we meant it until we were condemned. <laughs> so. Literally the worst idea ever. Yeah. So anyways, we discarded that. So we're sitting there and, and now, like, I guess the last two times we've come to the table, yeah. which I love. Vastly and I, Yeah. But at the time we were talking about like, okay, well. Well, we'll, we will actually, I mean, this reached, uh, this whole open table, closed table, it reached a a crescendo, a climax. And it was, okay, now we got to hand them out. Mm -hmm. And you and I were both like, yeah, that'll be great. We'll, we'll be the ones, (laughs) you know, we've washed our hands. We're good. Like we'll hand them all out. And Lawson says, oh, so we're doing closed table now. (laughs) You and I are like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I am not handing. So tell, like what, like what you're. Yeah. So, um, let's assume, I'll assume that way. I'm not placing. Uh, let's assume there's someone in the congregation that you know is an unrepentant unbeliever, mm-hmm. right? So they've told you, I don't believe in the Lord. I come here um, because my family comes here or whatever else. But we know this. And they walk around and walk up to the table, and it's my responsibility to hand them the elements of the table. I will not do that. Mm. Um, so you know what you said that really, and this like this might have done it for you. I think it was a sound argument. He's and so I've got you know in my mind like what changed it was your baptism example. Yeah. So share that. Well, I'm I, I any Baptist refuses to baptize someone who says hey, I want to be baptized. I'm not a Christian, and I refuse to repent of my sin, and Jesus is not Lord. Hmm. And so the idea of offering them, what we are saying is the body body and blood of Christ at the table, that we want you to take this, to enjoy it, to celebrate Mm -hmm. the death of our Lord, to proclaim his coming, the remission of sin. That's not theirs. Right. Yeah, and I would not, yeah. But 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 I think you used a great visual. Yeah. Like, my hands will not be involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah in someone else's sin. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, makes sense. That's fair. I got that. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, 
So let's talk about people shut-ins. Mm. So there's a there's a lot of churches. I don't know of any Baptist church, but I do know some other denominations that are different that do like shut-in ministries. Yeah. So I was curious. Um, like we like I was thinking about several people that were not able to be here on Sunday, like one time. Yeah. But I was thinking like perpetually, like if yeah. you're bed bound, mm. like what would be like, I was curious what our collective opinion is about a shut in table ministry. And I, I want to read one quote and, and uh, I don't have the source on this, but I, I thought it was good. So it was, uh, for example, I believe that his opposition to serving communion to shut-ins is misguided. Oh, here it is. Van Nest overemphasizes the physical presence of the church gathered and misses the beauty in showing how members who are unable to gather together physically are still part of the body. So this is a debate between like two two different people about shut-ins or not. Should we wait, you know, gather, or is there an ability to actually minister to those who are shut-ins? So I was curious. Lawson, what would be your opinion on shut-in Lord's Table ministry? Yeah. And actually, my father-in-law, I, this uh, he served. He this is something he did, and I, I think it really ministered to him. But I was curious about like the biblical example. Is there anything there? Do we have freedom to do this? What would be what would necessitate under certain circumstances circumstances for you like when if and yeah. when ever you would do that so if there's someone who's totally shut in they could not leave their house um what i would want to do and and some of this is a matter of value like is it worth you going through the trouble to do this well which i would say yes it is um that should there be someone who is shut in i would ask some of the members of this body to go with me mm-hmm. and for us to partake at the Lord's table together. Obviously I can't fit 150 or, you know, whatever right. number, but I could take, I could take five or six. Right. And that way, not only do you, because we forget that the congregation is part of the visual. That's right. Um, and, and there's a reason that we do uh-huh. so. Like for instance, when you walked us through the Lord's table uh, Sunday, you said, take and eat, take and drink. And what right. did you see? You saw people eating mm-hmm. and drinking simultaneously mm-hmm. because that's that's the visual mm-hmm. unity, um, and so I would that's the way I would do it. I would take the elements, and by the way, I think the elements include the congregation. So I would take members of the congregation. Okay, Blake, have you ever thought to that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's the same <laughs> concept for me. Of so, full disclosure, at my wedding, I took communion, okay. and Oof. and like now I would be like that was a terrible decision. Yeah. Like that that was pointless, but I think. I think it's a similar question of like, are are the people of God as as one of the mem- as one of the parts of right. of the table are they present? And right. so I would lean toward what Lawson said as well. Sure, which I thought was a good juxtaposition. Towards... I didn't mean to be sassy there about the. Oh, I mean, table. I'm sassy yeah, about okay. it now. Okay. I don't think it was a good decision. Well, I think I think it's a good counter picture to like originally when we were saying. So can you just take it at home and take it away from the chair? Like originally, like you were like, no hard pass. You cannot do that. But thinking about people being shut in, yeah. I think there's definitely an example for when it's proper mm. and, and how yeah. to carry that out. So thinking about um, just going back for a moment to closed table, open table, you know, for me, sometimes I, I wonder, um, you know, Lawson, would you be, I, I think what, I think is something you mentioned to me, you were like, hey, that, uh, that warning from Sunday 
was probably one of the most sterning, clear warnings that you could give. And I was thinking through, like, are we more inclined, are you more inclined uh, towards closed table because the warning has not been as as robust and adequate, maybe, as what could... You, you see what I'm asking you? Yeah, and, I, and so no, I would say no primarily because normally the only thing that I ever saw done really, really well was the warning. Mm. And even barring in ways that I don't think were necessary... Which is like, for instance, if someone if someone is converted and let's say they're awaiting baptism, I'm more than okay with them partaking oh, at the right. table. I see. Mm. Um, so like we had a, a sweet family whose son partook of the Lord's table before he was baptized, but he, he had been converted. Right. And so I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Like anything to add? No. So we discussed before uh, recording one one of the things that we did. I did put out there and say, hey, be ready. Would love to get a collective opinion or some clarity on, on the four major views. So the four major views of this ordinance, sacrament, whatever word you want to use, transubstantiation, consubstantiation, sacramental union, memorial, and, and spiritual presence. And is that four? One, two, three. That'd be five. So, who's going to tackle transubstantiation? I'll do that. I mean, okay. that's the the Catholic view that the bread and wine becomes at the blessing of the priest, the bo- the body literally and the blood literally of Christ. Um, are we saying what's wrong with these views, or yeah, just, just whatever you want to add, whatever you think's helpful? Yeah. So, like, I think what is frightening about that is that Hebrews ten says that he made a sacrifice and he sat down, mm. and in the Catholic view, it would seem that Christ is is sacrificed over and over right, and over again right. for salvific grace, even to the point that in the in the in history, I mean, Catholic priests would refuse to like give the actual cup to lay people because mm. it was like, what if they spill some of it mm. and some of Christ's blood is spilled wow. or wasted, um, and so that that becomes problematic when Christ is being sacrificed over and over again when the Scripture says He's already been once for all. I would so say. It, hold on just a second. It is four major views. So it's the the next one is consubstantiation or sacramental union. But you're about to add something. To I was just going to simply say I think if we use the terms that um, that are most appropriate there, we would call that blasphemous. Mm, that's right. Um, and I, and that that's that's why like the idea of someone sacrificing the the Lord again and again, mm-hmm. what they would call an unbloody sacrifice is essentially looking at his work on the cross and saying it isn't sufficient. Mm, certainly. Yeah. And I think there's much within Catholicism we would disagree with. Of course. We're just picking out. I'm a Protestant for a reason. Certainly. <laughs> um, consubstantiation or sacramental union? I like I liked what which is Lutheran earlier. Yeah, so it's just the idea that Christ's, or the, the bread and wine don't become Christ's body and blood, but that... Christ's body and blood come with the bread and the wine. So the idea of like a sponge and water, water doesn't become the sponge, but it does coexist with the Mm. sponge. So I think where a lot of maybe uh, probably the ideology that we grew up under would be um, collectively together, and probably for a lot of our listening audience, is that the the ordinance is a memorial. Lawson, you want to... You want to tackle that one? What does that mean? It means that it is a 
I think remembrance. Maybe the best way to say it is it's memorial only. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's the way that I was raised. Right. That it's memorial only. It's remembrance. It is honoring, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, the place where I get iffy is there does seem to be a unique thing that occurs at the table, and this is where like the next view was spiritual coming in. presence. Spiritual presence that there is a genuine presence about the table Mm. that is the same presence, by the way, that I would say that should be in the preaching of the word. There Mm. is, there is something in that that is distinct and unique. And, um, and so I I think that we can be a bit overly dogmatic on memorial only. Mm. It's memorial, certainly, um, very clearly, but I think, I I think sometimes we rob it of its supernaturalism. So, Help me, help me pinpoint what the next one would be: spiritual presence. Like, what it, what is so polarizing about adding that in to a lot of? I mean, I would say to a lot of Southern Baptists, when you when you begin to talk more, and and this is a reform position, more spiritual presence. <coughs> yeah. What, like, like what, like what is so? Why is that so polarizing? Well, I think some of it is overcorrection. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, if I had a dollar for every time doctrines were slaughtered on the table of overcorrection, um, so the desire was to move it all to memorial, that way we removed any idea of it being sacramental in nature mm-hmm. as a means of grace, right? right? And so when we deal with the Lord's table being memorial, it is it is cut and dry. It is memorial. It really, I mean, honestly, if you remove spiritual presence, it becomes what's, what is spiritual about it? Mm-hmm. Um and that's, that's what always irked me about it. It's like there has to be something more here if God commanded that we do this, mm-hmm. and not only that he commanded that we do this, but there is the proclamations that we're making are all spiritual realities, and they're reminding us of these things. They're telling us to go in boldness that our king will come for us. Like There's so much there, and so I think that the Spirit does communicate through the Lord's table in a way that is, that is greater than memorial only. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, there's more things going on. It's a proclamation of the gospel. When mm. people watch us take the table, mm. the gospel is being proclaimed to them. So somebody asked me, um, sweet, sweet man, asked me. Where's the theme going here? <laughs> um, <laughs> at the end of the service on this past Sunday and said, okay, so when Christ says, I will not drink, mm of this cup, the fruit of the vine, until I do it with you on that day in, in when the king in the kingdom. He asked, is that is that like a is that has he not you know, like where does that fit, right? Has that come to pass? Is that a reality that he has not yet partaken of? And was and was asking, like, I guess definitively, what did Christ mean when he said that? So I was curious. I think wedding feast. Yeah, me too. Yeah, wedding feast. That's, of the that's what I think as well. So when um, when was the ordinance? Going back to this, sorry, spiritual okay. presence. Spiritual presence is fulfilled by physical presence mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. wedding feast of the Lamb. Okay. Indeed. So when was uh, the ordinance in the uh, as exp- at, that you find in the law, the Passover? When was it fulfilled? At Jesus's ordination of the table okay i mean like so and what's that dependent on it's dependent on his sacrificial death, right right like right. there is no table right. without his death burial and right. resurrection 
So now I'm, I'm really teasing out, right? So now we find ourselves in a new covenant ordinance, yeah. mm-hmm. which which is a shadow. Yeah. So when is it fulfilled? And what is it dependent on? You're fishing for something specific. Why no, I'm not. I just love, there's nothing I'm looking for. Yeah, so I mean... In a sense, you've already said. I say it. I answer this. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is. It is the physical presence and enjoyment forevermore in a glorified body, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Right. Mm. And I do imagine, by the way, that since our true and better bread is present, that the blood of the new covenant is coursing through the veins of our Lord, mm. um, that we will eat far more than. Uh, bread and wine. Certainly, that it will be a well, Jesus feast and yeah. celebration. Yeah, no doubt. So, before we end, anything else to add? Anything We're you done. felt? Like? Yeah, <laughs> it's is pretty weird. short. Yeah, it's a short one. I just appreciate the ways that we can focus on different things at the table, yeah, and yeah. I think, I think recently the the unity that we bring to the table has been a really helpful mm. picture for me. Mm. So that might be a preview of next month when I preside over at the Come table. <laughs> yeah. Lost anything? Um, honestly, not that I can think of. We've we've covered a lot. And, you know, going back to what, what Blake just said, the unity of the table is something that you and I talked about very early on, really before, I think before you yeah. got here, Blake. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the various types of symbolism in it, and I think I've always missed the congregation as an element mm-hmm. of the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like, you know, we pray for this always. We pray for unity in our body. Um, and when we pray for unity in our body, I think one of the ways we see the Lord answer that prayer is in the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. That's good. So to close our time, I have a, a, a scripture from God's word, and it's uh, from 1 Corinthians 10, 16 through 17. And it says, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So I want to thank my fellow elders, Blake McCullough and Lawson Harlow, for spending time laughing and discussing all that Christ has filled full. My brothers and my friends, Godspeed.